0: Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your illustrious Fulham podcast scattered from across the country, yet still coming directly from Australia. Know your ears do not deceive you. The ever-knowledgeable vocals of Jack have been swapped out for the younger and more charismatic brother Sam, and I will be hosting today to cover the Everton fixture at Craven Cottage, Joining me as always, the ever-stoic man who raised me, Elton, how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm fine, what an intro. Uh, I know. Yeah, okay,
0: good. You just, just got to roll with it today. This is going to be a very different podcast. <laughs> Carry on. Now, so, today, we are covering Everton Fulham. Uh, it's a. I feel like it's a much more interesting game than it probably... Um, seems on paper, there's a lot of parallels between the two sides. Um, Everton are coming off um, 3-0 win to Crystal Palace, as Fulham are obviously coming off of the 3-2 win to Leeds. Both games scored three goals. Uh, Everton have had a little bit of a weird start to the season. They've played some very, very competitive games and not fared very, very well. Um, But I think you can largely put that down to the teams that they've played because they've obviously already gone through Man U and the likes of Liverpool. And it's been a bit of a tough start for them. So they've had three wins, four draws, and five losses. Again, we can put a lot of that down to the teams that they've played. And they are currently sitting 12th. And Fulham, the ever-sexy, ever-awesome, growing Fulham, five wins, three draws, four losses, Dad, how do you feel about that?
1: Well, um, I, look, I think it's um, well understood that Everton uh, underperforming for the squad they've got. Uh, look, I think I, I think they've actually, if you actually do the analysis on, on the numbers, they've, they've, they've shipped a lot less goals than we have And they just haven't scored as many. I think it's as simple as that. And, um, you know, I I watched the, uh, not the full replay, but I watched the Palace-Everton game from last weekend, and there was definitely some quality there. So uh, I'm not thinking this is in any way a pushover, regardless of their current table position. Not at all.
0: No, totally. I mean, you do raise an interesting point that they're not scoring as many goals as us. But as of this week, I have learned that Fulham have scored the fourth most goals in the Premier League. Now compare that to Parker Ball. Like, how awesome is that? That's pretty sick.
1: Yeah, and that's exciting. And I think everyone's enjoying that. But, and I think we've mentioned this a few times, the, the wonderful thing about it is that even though Mitro is doing an amazing job, he's not the only man who's actually scoring goals, which is even more satisfying and, frankly, you know, um, so much so much better for us a, a, as a team going forward.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to talk to you guys actually about it. I'm really, really upset that I didn't. Um, uh, also, another key stat... That um, I saw was William is officially the most capped Brazilian player in the Premier League, and yeah. gosh, does it show! Like the level yeah, it's of an interesting one, isn't
1: it? Because mm. I, I mean, he—I I just don't think when you think Brazilian, you don't think of William, you know, in the Premier League. I just don't think many people would come up with that name, even though he's obviously been around a long time, and he's 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 he's. he's represented his company country many times um he's just not that high profile a player he's just not
0: i mean i was thinking about it though and i can't really think of many brazilians like i can't i can't really think of like any key brazilians that like stick out in the premier league really at all i mean the most highly prolific ones would be like what roberto carlos um ronaldo Ronaldinho, all playing in, like, the Spanish leagues. So it kind of does make a bit of sense because I can't really think of, like, too many high-profile Brazilian players that actually have been pro- playing in the Premier League for that long. No,
1: no. no. I, I think they tend to be really driven by their, their language. And, mm. um, you know, Portuguese, not a massive language uh, in terms of population around the world. And so I think they feel super comfortable in Portugal for a start, and maybe reasonably comfortable in a Spanish-speaking country, or um, a
0: Portuguese-speaking Fulham, because that's half of our it, team. Well,
1: there's literally like a little ghetto we've got. It's crazy. Which I is really it. quite—it's quite funny. I like paella. Come on, like. <laughs> it's really quite funny, and um, you know you, you'd want to hope that. It isn't a ghetto where, you know, there's a bunch of guys sitting tight on a a train who just talk to themselves in a weird little dialect and don't talk to anyone else. But I really don't think that's what's happening.
0: No, it feels shared. It feels like a real community going on. I mean, you can see it from like every single goal celebration. Everybody gets involved. It's really good to see. Um, Joe had a baby.
1: And did he name his baby after you?
0: Oh, one can only hope and dream, but um, I will love him from afar no matter what he names his child, most likely Bernard or I feel that like all Portuguese people are called Bernard or something like that. Um, now, from that riveting, riveting bit of information, uh, let's circle back to Everton because they've had a... Bit of a weird couple of years. Obviously previously managed by Marco Silva. Um, I completely forgot that that was a thing. Um, uh, who was then replaced by Ancelotti in December of, I believe, 2019. Um, finished 10th. Kind of started to do a bit of a weird rebuild thing. Like tried to revamp themselves. Um, had a couple of big signings. Obviously Allison. Tried to reshape that team um, with hammers as well. Didn't really work. Uh, ended up finishing, I think, uh, 10th or 12th. And then uh, Ancelotti left. Famously went on to win a Champions League with Rail, And then Frank Lampard took over. Um, and yeah, we've spoken about it before. A lot of last year, they avoided relegation to end up finishing again. Kind of around about the 12th, eleven mark. Uh, Dad, how do you feel about Frank Lampard?
1: Well, Frank Lampard, highly respected England player, arguably one of the great midfielders. But it's a bit of a Steven Gerrard story, isn't it, of recent history. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know that it converts just because you're a good footballer doesn't make you a good tactician or a chess player. And uh. um, it may, maybe it was difficult. I, I think he... He went way too hard too early and was probably given an opportunity to manage Chelsea because he had a history of great success at Chelsea. Um, But was he ready for that role? No. I think Chelsea's a difficult club to manage anyway. Um, You know, you you need to be a very experienced manager to take on all those egos. Um, And he obviously failed pretty miserably there. I, I, I do believe that Everton's start to the season is largely a story of Frank Lampard uh, finding his feet. Right Whether stage, he goes yeah. on to actually do really well, I don't know. Has he got a good squad? He really has. He's got a pretty decent squad. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be fighting for relegation. And Twelfth says they're not, but. Um, uh, you know, I think he's got some work to do to actually pull them together to, to, to really fulfill their potential. Um, yeah. You know, it's, look, he's, he's his father was a great manager. Um, he was a great footballer. He, of course, he's going to try and become a great manager. <clears throat> it's, it's in his blood, but it still doesn't convert to me. Um, and if, if, if I'm backing silver versus Lampard, I back silver every day I think he's just a smarter tougher manager better man manager and a really really good te- technician with I think a, a, a tactical manager with I think a pretty good back uh, background team as well
0: Oh. Couldn't agree more. I mean, um the at, at the simplest kind of uh level, uh every time we've been scoring lately, it's been awesome to see like the boys just running over the Marco Silva And then whenever um, Everton seemed to score recently, Lampard just looks confused and excited and elated. And I'm like, you shouldn't look that surprised that this has happened. Um, For me, it just kind of seems like they don't really have like a clear defined system. Um, From like the games that like I've watched, they're so poor in defense lately. And you can argue that um, they've played very, very strong teams, um, but... Oh, just the way in which they have really no defensiveness in their central mid kind of area. And it just allows teams to just counter attack them and just rip them apart from not necessarily even like that clever, like playing. Their tracking back is really, really poor. And look, obviously, Fulham's had like some issues with defense as well. Um, And they have had injuries, like um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, their main striker, who is a Premier League-proven striker. He is pretty strong. Um, uh, He's obviously been out, so that's um, created a lot less chances for them. But the amount of... uh, So, I was watching the Spurs game pretty recently, and Spurs looked really sluggish that entire game. I think they converted in the... I'm going to say like the 70th minute and maybe like the 85th minute. They had an entire game where they could have come up with at least something because Spurs really didn't look like they were playing at their best. And there was, there, there was no real end result there, or it really didn't seem like there was an end result there. Um, obviously on the weekend, they played really, really well against Crystal Palace. Controversial opinion. I'm going to say Palace actually played really badly in that game. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but um, yeah, like
1: yeah, I mean, they're not impressive to me. I didn't. Well, I don't I don't know that Palace played that badly, but I, I did think um, the the Everton's goals were really good, um, mm. and it shows that they can be really quite dangerous. Yeah, um, I thought. Um, well, I don't know if we want to get into to details right now of, of you know of their players, but I I thought Alex Awobi looked really really good, mm. and I, I look forward to the contest between Awobi uh, and Robinson. Um, yeah. He's a left footer playing on the right. Uh, he looked really sharp, and he was involved in one of the goals as well—a a clever little interchange and a lovely back heel to I think. A Calvert Lewin goal, may have yes. someone else. Yeah, I think no. I think that's right. And so, you know, I think I think they're a potentially exciting team going forward. They just haven't been scoring goals. Um, yeah, defensively, yeah, I think they they want for a bit. Um, what What's interesting is I don't know if you saw in the press that Lampard, very very recently, perhaps during that spell of losses, two or three losses in a row. He's actually introduced a fine system um, because he, he, he feels there's a discipline problem. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the details now, but it was something like, you know, fines for turning up late for training and not actually notifying the club that you're going to be late, $10,000, 10,000 pounds or something like that. Like seriously, big fines. <clears throat>
0: It just, it I stand just, corrected, so. but
1: um, I, I'm pretty sure there was a £30,000 fine in there as well for something. So yeah. that's very, yeah. very heavy-handed. And I remember, yeah. you know, I, I think you've got to be so careful when you resort to those kind of measures to try and pull a dressing room back into order. I, I remember an Australian cricket team a few years back in the previous regime, who started having discipline problems on tour and they were obviously pulling their hair out, trying to manage players and get the best out of them and get them back on track. And they, they started doing weird things like having players fill out <clears throat> all these questionnaires and literally giving them homework whilst they're on tour. And it just went down awfully. Obviously, there's no financial penalty involved with that. But it was an attempt at being unorthodox, which just failed, um and whereas what was really required was some good old fashioned man management and respect um being uh, earned in on the training track and the, from the in the dugout in the in the change rooms you name it and i think i think it's a really telling and worrying sign when managers resort to things like that
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's akin to, um, parents being like, oh, you pissed me off. You're going to do the washing for a week. Like, I feel like they don't necessarily learn anything. Yeah. If you compare it to, uh, like, the Alex Ferguson's, like, when you, when you're a manager and you have gravitas and you have the players really kind of, like, working for you. I mean, most Man United's players to this day will still refer to, Um, Ferguson as the gaffer and they have still the utmost respect for him and it's simple things that when you have when you are that type of person you can say no tattoos and if there's tattoos i don't want to see them you can have that effect on players and then it can be really really positive to the way that you manage but until you kind of sit like Earn that respect. You just kind of you, you just don't. It, it just reeks of like a substitute teacher just trying to control a classroom, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, like uh, the, the the parental example is a good one. You know, you, you you achieve the effect in the short term that you wanted, but you create that much resentment mm-hmm. that this is not going to work long term at all. And um <clears throat> I don't know. Look, he had a good win. I, I think. When I listen to Frank Lampard speak, he doesn't inspire me. He it, lots of cliches. Um, you know, he's been around the football world for a long time, so he, he kind of he's got a lexicon of enough words to sound mm. like he, he knows what he's talking about. But that doesn't convince me. He he looks it it looks confused when he's out there and he very looks hopeful. So
0: confused. He looks. So, <clears> he just doesn't look like private, yeah. you know. When I
1: look at my a bit of a, a bit of a park of Parker look on his face from time to time, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Yeah. When I look at Margot Silva, he vacillates between ecstasy because he's so, so happy that either, you know, uh, Reed has scored or, or William has scored. He's so happy that <clears throat> something is going really well for his team. Or the other expression is utter frustration mm. because it was so clear in his head what the plan was, and they're not executing it. Yeah, And he knows exactly what they need to be doing and they're not listening or they're not responding and he's annoyed, yeah. but it's never confused. And God, I don't actually know what to do next here. How do we get ourselves out of this?
0: Oh, yeah. I think as well with key decisions as well, that's where I always see Marker getting really frustrated. He's frustrated at the ref because he can't fathom why he made that decision. Whereas I feel that Lampard has like, I feel that he's just confused any which way and just feels like it's a personal attack on him. And it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I could honestly talk about this for a very, very long time, but we should keep, we should, we should try to focus on the task at hand. I know. Should be, should be. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jack will get so annoyed with me if I don't (laughs) Um, look at the moment. I think I'm uh, with the most recent lineups because again, I, I'll I'll, I'll pay them their dues. Everton haven't had their full starting kind of lineup for the first couple of games of uh, this season. I think even um, against Spurs, they played two up front, which is actually quite unusual for them, and it didn't really work. Um, The game against Crystal Palace, they played with um, a front three with, I believe, Gordon, Carver-Lewin, and I can't remember who else. I I also could be completely wrong there i'm I'm mainly basing this off the Optus app um uh, but I feel that um Everton and Fulham have both been quite weak in defense from what I saw Everton look a lot weaker. They bought in from Wolves. I feel like it hasn 't really worked out. I feel that like they 've just been very very torn apart um in the last couple of games but um, both teams have just come off scoring three goals. So I feel like this is potentially going to be another leaky goal game or it could be a bit of a stalemate, but I like Fulham's chances when it comes to scoring because I feel that we've had a lot more creativity.
1: Elton, what are your thoughts on that? A mm. oh, nice bit of hosting there, <sighs> Um Yeah. Look, I'm not yet satisfied that We've solved our defensive problems. Um, I I was just going to uh, float the point out, you know, how do you think we're going to line up defensively this week? We'll get
0: there. We will get there. The host knows where we're going.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Well, sorry. (laughs) I'll just toe the line. Stay in Um, your lane. Yeah. Yeah. What was the question again?
0: Um, The question is, how
1: do you? I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> just keep. I love, the, about the, I love the way we try to be. We re- pretend that we're really organised, but it's not really at all. We're not at all organised at all.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we, we don't have we don't have the knowledge, so it's just raw charisma and sex appeal now. Anyway, so both teams have been kind of poor in defence. Um, I think that's where we were at.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I'm fully expecting to see Kenny Tete pop up on social media with a cigar uh, on holiday in the Caribbean somewhere because <laughs> I don't, I don't know where he is. Uh, I, there's no report about the seriousness of his injury. Mm. Um, what what's going on? Um,
0: well, um, uh, I I believe I know we shouldn't, well, shouldn't no, we shouldn't shout out our contemporaries but I believe Fulhamish were actually speaking about how they reckon of all the changes that were made um, for the Leeds game, Tosin would have potentially been the most likely to be a tactical change. And I do wonder if um, Tete does fit into that as well, because obviously playing that many games in a short amount of time, that was kind of the subtle rotation. So possibly um, Tete might be there. And then obviously... Get him in for the Everton game, so then he's a little bit sharper for Man U, Man City coming up because we're definitely going to need him for those games. I don't know. I
1: I I, I just cannot believe that Tete's omission has anything to do with tactics or rotation. It has to be an injury, which which is why it concerns me. Why you'd never you'd never play Bobby at at right back. And lose the option of him on the wing or coming in off the bench, unless you had to, right? If if Keb- Kevin Mbabu Barbu um, had worked out better, then Bobby wouldn't even be considered for that role. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, not much more I can say. I keep hoping and wishing that I see Kenny Tete's name uh, in the starting lineup, and it doesn't happen. Mm. So thinking about uh Diop versus Bream versus Tosin. Well, we've spoken about this before and I was I think everyone was probably surprised to see Tosin or miss out at Bream Stay In. Uh sorry. Yeah. Uh I, I just don't know. I, I don't quite know what's going on there, what's going through Marco Silva's mind. We, we're not in rotation mode yet. We're just not. We're still mm-hmm. trying to shore up our defence and have a fighting chance of keeping a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, you know, about all I can say right now about our defence is that Robinson's come back to form and fitness and match fitness incredibly quickly, and it says a lot mm-hmm. about his his overall fitness. Yeah. Um, he looks great at the moment. I feel like yeah. we should
0: talk. I feel like we haven't actually talk, talked about how. Um, I mean, we've talked about Robinson and Williams' um, budding partnership, which seems to be going really, really well. But I want to talk about just Robinson for a sec because I can't remember if I think it might have been the Aston Villa game. Robinson came on, and he he he, he plays now with this confidence, which I feel like he has not had in like the past three years. Where I feel like he really knows the system. And if um, the boys aren't playing the system, he just looks really confused at them in a kind of a, guys, we know this kind of way. And I'm just I'm just really like seeing that from him um, because he's, he's a workhorse. He's mainly there for fitness. He's not necessarily the most skilled. But um, I just really love how he's actually developing into an actual Premier League player, which is something that we probably wouldn't have said about him two years ago.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I always thought in my small mind, I always thought that his one-sidedness would be such a major problem for him. Because generally speaking, if you're so one-sided, you're just going to get caught. The better players will just know how to approach you and always just pick your pocket. And he's, he's completely got away with that. And he looks very comfortable going around people with one foot, which is quite impressive. Um, he's absolutely brimming with confidence um and I feel like the pressure's sort of off him to deliver the final ball into the box because we've got other players that can do that so his role is more about transitioning out of defense into you know into midfield and a little bit beyond and then laying the ball off and then returning um back down the field so i think he looks even more effective now than he did before because there was there was always a part of robinson where he'd he'd get the ball and break down the left with great speed and gusto beat a couple of players and then he'd just put a bit of a soft cross in which Mitro just didn't have enough to work with mm. and i feel like now with you know um pereira and william um in 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 that d- delivery role he's got he's kind of got that um complementary partnership that doesn't require him to yeah. run all the way up the pitch and then still be brilliant in the final ball yeah which is never which was never really his strong suit at all
0: yeah no, I com—I completely agree. Um, uh, I think some people could argue that it's a very fragile ecosystem that we actually have at uh, Fulham at the moment. But I feel with the current balance of the team and the players that we have, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's turning into a really, really exciting kind of group. Obviously, it's fragile, and all it takes is one injury like if 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 BDR gets injured tomorrow, I have no idea where we stand at all, but um as long as he's there and as long as there's um, a Tete potentially in the wings, i mean we've I feel that we've spoken at nausean the lengths of um, Harrison Reed Pereira and Zhao and Mitro over the past week and william um it's it's good stuff, it's really really good stuff, but yeah, it does only take one notch at the moment to knock it all down and to humble us again, as we saw against Newcastle. Um, Now on that note, lineups, Elton lineups, 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 actually, no, maybe we should go to a quick break first. What a nice break that was! Lineups, Dad. <laughs>
1: uh, um,
0: yep. Lineups, lineups. Talk to me about your lineups.
1: Well, <clears throat> I, I, I think um, in the absence of further information, BDR lines up at right back. I'm seeing, um, I, I, I'm seeing Diop come in. Purely because I think it's it, it's just a matter of not rotation, but continual trial until we finally find a little formula that formula that works.
0: Oh my God, you guys were way too complimentary to Tosun last week. I, you Jack briefly alluded to it, but I was screaming, and I feel that he did not play a good game at all.
1: He's a he's that. a funny one and he's he's done this to me for as long as he's been at the club. Yeah. He's he promises so much and then he he either makes a really foolish mistake or he takes too long on the ball. He's he's been it actually a lot of what I used to criticize him for was um actually just sitting on the ball for too long inviting players mm-hmm. to come towards him and then trying to open up some space but actually getting caught and it used to just frustrate the hell out of me because I think he just didn't pass the ball quick enough um I've seen a lot less of that this year and I've just seen him more out of position on a couple of occasions which mm. have been really costly um and it may, maybe uh, you know a couple of those times have been uh, you know, one time when we were 10 men down, that wasn't great, and obviously, there's always they've got no protection, so things everything's out the window. But if Polinia is having a great game, and Polinia and um, Reed are having a great game, Tosin seems to be less accident prone, but if yeah. um, yeah look he's uh he he still worries me i, I like him um but yeah yeah i do i do i, I see all the potential <laughs> I see all the potential um but he i find him frustrating he's, he's like a yeah. like a what's the word you know like a precocious sort of young talent which in in any other in any other team he He'd, he'd be a squad player coming off the bench, and you know, you, you wouldn't be relying on him. I don't think he's still he's still pretty young. He's still mm. pretty raw. And um, for me,
0: his man marking in the Leeds game because, like, obviously we got the result that we wanted, but his man marking was atrocious. Like, you got nutmegged. Um, what what else happened? Oh yeah, his marking of um, was it Rafinha? Um, for the first goal of the game, Mm-mm. he's just like
1: uh, he's just... no. What was the guy's name? Was it? I want to say Rodrigo. Um, I can see his face. Uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I'm that'll... I'm a little bit forgiving for that one because you know yeah, the block I the, that one, the block but... comes off off uh, ream. It bobbles out, sort of squirts out. Um, th- no one thinks the ball's going to fall there. The guy does well to, to to head it in, and obviously Tosin looks a bit foolish because he's not closely more closely marking his man. But that, that's just a bit unlucky. You, 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 one would argue that the ball was still live, and and so he he should have been concentrating. If it, maybe this there is a little concentration, little ADHD thing going on there, like he yeah. he sort of loses concentration, which is yeah. concerning, and I, it's sort of the thing that. You don't really want someone with that kind of attribute to be a defender,
0: yeah it just it just it just reminds me of like just like I just kind of want to be like his mum on the sideline and be like doesn doesnt mm. does pay attention, you know
1: I um, don't think he <clears throat> i think I don't think he drifts out of the game completely, no but course, there's like, just little a little con- of, you know? there's a there's a concentration problem there, mm
0: then or maybe it's just not necessarily like he's not as good at reading the game as say like Reem is or like say like a William is i mean we're comparing it to like quite high caliber players but if you can't read the game you you do you do kind of fall into like these patterns and all the pace and all the skill in the world can sometimes only get you so far anyway um, line-ups, continue with your lineups. I feel that we've got sidetracked. Yeah, hey, so, I mean, uh, all, hey. with,
1: the, with the very great... So, do I have to continue and name... I suppose I've got to pick... Who do I go here with out of the three centre-backs we've got? Or four, if you if you want to... Uh, yeah, we have four centre-backs. I'm going to keep picking Reem. I like yeah. him. I like him in the dressing room. I like him on the pitch. His commitment, his passion... Um, I think means an awful lot to this team, and I think Marco mm. Silva feels the same way. Uh, he and I agree on so many things, so it's obvious. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. yes. <clears throat> um, I'm probably picking Diop over over Tosin. So I'm BDR, Diop, Ream, Robinson at the back. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Give me your wings because I feel that... Um, yeah,
1: no, but know, that's some, the only, that's no. the only <clears throat> real conversation... Um, to have, isn't it? Because the rest, yeah. the rest of it picks themselves. Who we're going to, who we're going to drop Harrison Reed for? Who we're going to drop Polinia for? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think on the back of last week, William is araldited to the starting <laughs> position on the wing for me. I, um, agree. I agree. He absolutely is. I think Harry Wilson is nearly back to his best. He hasn't fully found his form yet, um, and he. He he looks almost like he's still adjusting to the pace of the Premier League because it's obviously mm. a entirely different prospect from what he was doing. He he was he was running wild last season in the Championship. You know, he yeah. he's a he's a brilliant player at Championship level. Um I guess the jury's out as to whether he can really deliver it at Premier League level, but I'm I'm hopeful and I think, Are you starting I, think him? I think he starts. I think he starts. I um,
0: agree. I I mean, I really appreciated everything that he was doing. Like, Christ, he probably got like three attempts um at goal. Um it was kind of unlucky to get caught as early as he was. Um and let's face it, pain, uh, not paying it, um, Pereira should have crossed back to him mm. and that would have been his return goal and that would have been a great moment, but
1: mm.
0: say Levy, you know.
1: Yeah, so obviously Pereira picks himself and Metro, who I'm not not convinced is fully fit, but mm. you know, you you play an 80% fit Metro. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think if I look back at the last two weeks, um, you know, two weeks ago he he really wasn't fit enough to be playing that game, and it was and it wasn't that effective. Last week, um, I, I think he looked he he was fit enough to do the job pretty well. Um where you gotta hope that he's getting over that injury because we, we really do need him to be fully fit. Um yeah. And I'm 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 happy with Cabano coming off the bench. Um the prob- the problem you you sort of have is that uh Wilson's not fully fit and can he play ninety minutes? Maybe. Um
0: I wouldn't risk it at this stage though. I he needs to gain back that sharpness, which he clearly hasn't fully got back yet.
1: But then but then you've got Willian, who's actually at thirty-four or whatever he is, he looked cooked halfway through the second half. I felt Almost quite sorry for him. He, did. Yeah. he was blowing so hard, you know. I felt felt really sorry for him. And so, yeah. and I remember I've heard Marco Silva commenting that, you know, William's big challenge is actually staying fit enough for this mm. level of football. That's his. That's the only consideration here. Yeah. So he's got well,
0: four years old. You know, like
1: well, you say and, that, but look at Tim Reem. You know, it's just different. I know you're going to make that comparison.
0: Yeah, I know, but again, it's different folk, and um, I feel that William. I don't even like. Even when he was at um, Chelsea, I don't even really fully remember him being well-renowned for his lightning-quick pace. I feel like he's always been kind of like more of a mentality player. Obviously, he's always been quick. Um, But, like, just... um, Again, I heard a really good um, comparison on another podcast. I was talking about how um, players that were largely renowned for their pace um, when they were younger, as they get older, don't really adjust to the game as well. Um, Shirley's a great example, and we all remember how that went, who was largely renowned for being quite um, a pacey player. Um, and then clearly it just didn't eventuate to anything because they've never really had to think about it. Um, more aspects of the game. I'm sure Dan James will probably get to that point sometime later down in the career. But um, because Willian, and um, you can see the same thing in someone like Gareth Bale as well, they've got so much more to their game than just overall pace. It's really, really showing at the moment because, I mean, his, sh- his shots and his pinpoint accuracy, it's, it's very, very good quality.
1: Yeah, it, it, not only shots. I just like it, and again, it's just it's all brains. His vision, you know, he yeah. he's so aware, and his ability to switch play and actually execute that, and 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 you know, deliver really, really pinpoint perfect passes is so incredibly valuable. Um, and I, I did forget about James actually as a, another little possibility off the bench, the bench, but maybe I forgot about him because. I haven't been that impressed not been with... particularly memorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i tell you another Again. thing that I forgot about, which is a complete sort of reverse segue, but when I was thinking about uh, great footballers, failed managers, could there be a bigger crash and burn than Alan Shearer?
0: Yeah. Oh, there's plenty. I mean, Gary Neville was shit as well, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Um, but, the, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Shearer sure. was... He was a very great footballer for England. And I almost feel like, guys, don't, don't, don't. You know, at the risk (laughs) of tarnishing everything that you have created, don't. Yeah, it's so
0: hit and miss. And, like, uh, there's always going to be this period of essentially players retire and then they have a crack and then some of them stick around and then some of them get politely phased out. And then all you're kind of left with are the Steve Bruce's and the um, the Arsene Wenger's. And then you have like the random ones like um, Klopp. Um, oh, I heard Klopp say something really funny once um, because I think he the best he ever played was second division German football. And um, they asked, they were like, wow, so you're such a great manager. You've only played second but you only got to second division. And that he was like, because I had first division mentality and fourth division talent. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, was
1: actually, I actually overachieved in my playing career.
0: Totally, totally. Yeah. But what a smile, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, so I feel that like we've largely covered all of that. Predictions, my friend. How do you feel like this game is going to go? Because I actually think that Everton are going to be really aggressive and I, I see lots of yellows coming out.
1: I I feel like this is going to be 3-1 Fulham. We're playing at home.
0: 3-1. 3-1. Yeah, I we we love to be honest. I I really want to just go with my sports bet and just go 3-2 because that seems to be our favorite <laughs> thing at the moment. Um but uh I do tend to agree with you. I reckon just because their defense is really, really average, uh, you know. I'm actually, you know, I'm going to say three-two because I think they, I think they'll get us. I think they'll sneak a couple of goals in, as everybody likes to do at the moment. Do you know? What I reckon. I reckon they'll probably get um, a goal just before half time. Uh, I don't reckon we'll be the first to score because, again, that seems to be our. Th- Have you noticed that that's our thing at the moment? Yeah. The other team opens up the scoring, and then we come back. I yeah, see, can, I can like we can
1: we not be those guys, please?
0: Well, you say that, but at the end of the day, it kind of feels all right. Like because I'm I'm not sure how you felt, but um, on the most at, on the Leeds game when we went one nil down in the first half, I was like, okay, we've gone one nil down. The game's not over. Like same situation under Parker Ball. It's basically you drop your head, and we really don't seem to have that at the moment.
1: And well, as we said really before, I, I think the big thing for me is I wasn't happy that we went down, but it was it's unlucky it's against the run of play. It was early in the game, and I just thought, but I, I totally feel like we, we can recover because we don't panic anymore, and we yeah, don't. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah it's but- annoying, but I, you know, if that had happened. I don't know at the sixtieth minute, I would have felt mm, we're tired um this could if if they get lucky and score a second one at the seventieth minute, that's just like very very difficult to recover from, so because it happened earlier, I was kind of like, okay, it's not great, but we I think we can we can still do this, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, think of the last couple of years and think of having that same thought. I'm just saying we're in a different place. Now, you've given me um, your goal line prediction. Because we've both had pretty similar predictions, who do you think is going to score? That's a more interesting question at the moment because every- mm. everyone's, everyone's on the table, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, you've got to... You know, if I was putting money down for on sports bet here, you'd have to be backing Mitro for one of my three. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm going to say um, we're going to score. Metro could score from a- a- any build-up. I'm saying we're going to score two more from set pieces, which brings into play. We haven't know,
0: spoken about set pieces. Yeah.
1: What well, we touched on it a lot, I think, in this pod. But yeah. um, <clears throat> I think, and, and Jack and I talked about it on on the weekend, actually. Oh, after great. then, I don't need to do it. Yeah, no, no, we did talk about it because, uh, uh, which of course you heard because you listened. Yes, uh, yes, yes, of course. We listened. But yeah. I, I, I feel like Mitro is going to score from open play, and then we're going to score two goals from set pieces, which, mm. which will be a header from. Um. Oh. Um. I'm going to say Diop. is going to score again,
0: mm.
1: and I'm going to say um, Harry Wilson to Nick one.
0: Oh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling you there. Do you know? What? I'm going to kind of say the inverse of what um you said. I think a uh, set piece goal, or maybe even a penalty. I'm going to say Mitrovic is going to do that. I think Harry Wilson's got one in him. I want to see Harry Wilson get one in him, and um, I think maybe Palina because again he's just had he's just had his baby, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna want to get on that TV screen and um, blow a kiss. And I, I want to I want to see I want to see the Pitbull come back and do that. I feel, I feel like that's going to be I feel like that's going to be what he's going to do. Um, ugh. It's adventurous for us to say, just so confidently. Yeah, we're gonna score three goals. Why not?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that.
0: Well, they've given us plenty of reason to assume that. Anyway, I think we should probably wrap up there. I feel that we've, we feel that we've done some pretty good covering. Um, Jack, who? No, I'm kidding. We miss <laughs> um, write to us. Talk to us. We love hearing from you. We've, you know all of our socials. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. All the time, we want to know who you are. And, yeah, oh, also, we haven't covered 3 a.m. for me. What time is it for you guys?
1: Yeah, midnight. 12.30. Is it, isn't it a 12.30 kickoff?
0: Uh, well, for you, it would be. For me, it's like 3.30 a.m., so I'm probably going to catch up. Yeah, like that's filthy. That. Yeah. That, such is life. Um, Anyway, I have been Sam, Elton, thanks for having, thanks for being here.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me, you're the only, only other person in the room. Yeah, I had no choice, but it was good. And I get to do it now. Come
0: on, you whites.